This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Let me give a quick shout out to some of our recent supporters. They include Hannah J, Arakunle F, Anani, Talani L, Nathan, and Jeff R. Thank you so much to all of you. And Jessica just came back from out of town. How was your trip? Oh, it was wonderful. We spent a couple nights in Fargo. On the way back, we stopped off in Minnesota where we had a lovely meetup at an indoor dog park slash bar. Go ahead. <laughs> Worst thing you've ever heard. That sounds like not my place. Oh, at all. it was so much fun. It was great uh, meeting I everybody. I did see a picture and you again. all looked wonderful. Yeah, it was really, really lovely. Um, my favorite part was definitely when people walked in and realized they didn't really know what I looked like. So <laughs> there was just like packets of people kind of standing. And I you was just got to start talking. Well, I did. I, I, I did. And I was and I always am. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things that like if you've ever been in the situation, you're like, I think that person is here to see me. However, <laughs> it is such high risk, low reward. If I, I walk up it. to them like, hey, are you here to see me, Jeff, the friendly atheist? And they're like, who the fuck are you? Go away. Nice. I am here to spend time alone. Anyway, <laughs> it was wonderful. It was so much fun. We had nice conversations with everybody. It was just, it was a real joy. That's awesome. Um, in case anyone is interested, I am speaking at the Iowa Secular Summit on Saturday this weekend in uh, West Des Moines. If anyone is in the area, tickets are still on sale. IowaSecularSummit.org. They're cheap. Come. It'll be fun. <laughs> tickets are not that crazy. It's great. Um, hopefully, I will see some of you there. Um, that made me laugh so hard. It blew the Music Man joke I was about to make about <laughs> Iowa. No, it's all good. Okay, we have to start this off by talking about a show we have both now watched in full. When is the last time you and I sat down on a podcast and like, listen, we're both watching the thing everyone's talking about. I know, and we are Maybe finished with games. it. Maybe Squid Games. Maybe Squid Games is the last right. time this happened it's to been us. A while. So Shiny Happy People, <laughs> Duggar, Family Secrets, four episodes on Amazon mm -hmm. uh, Prime Video. Mm -hmm. um, so can I give you please. my perspective of yes. it? So it came out while I was out of town. We left um, Wednesday evening, and it was a road trip, and we were just kind of bouncing around all over the place. So I was very offline. Um, but once in a while, if I would like pull up Twitter... It would be people like, holy shit, oh my God, I cannot believe it. this is such a hard watch, so important for everybody to see, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, damn, okay, I, I, I mean, I guess I'm going to watch it, I don't know what to tell you. But then um, I was watching it, and I was waiting <clears throat> for like the crazy shit to happen, and I realized that- What did that, you think crazy shit would be in this context? I mean, 
I get it's not crazy shit. It's just I kind of took a moment. I took a beat and realized, oh wait, hold on a sec. Not everybody follows these people all the time. So all of these revelations of the serial abuse and the narcissistic, you know, shit that goes on and the girls getting groomed to be with the big guy and he I we we talk about this every week. Yeah. The subtitle for the show is Duggar Family Secrets and it's like and I'm sure if you're you don't follow the minutia there's a lot of secrets you heard there, yeah. and we'll talk about some of and that. And we've talked about it, a lot of it, on this very show. But if you're the sort of person who listens to this show, or works on this show, <laughs> then it's like, okay, yeah, like telling me, rehashing all the stuff Josh Duggar did. Right. Not a secret. It was public knowledge. Right. I mean, it became public knowledge, but it wasn't a surprise. Yeah. Knowing where these people came from, what they espouse, right. uh, what sort of harm they cause, and not their goals. A surprise. And their goals, I think, is very goals. important. Joshua this is why they want to have the Joshua generation yeah. thing for sure. And I want to say, it, I didn't mean to downplay like the seriousness of what happened or how good the doc was, because really hearing from um, the one daughter whose name I can't remember because they're all Jill Ginger. I think it was Jill. One no, of it the wasn't J Jill. Kids. Yeah, right. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jessa, maybe doesn't matter. There's no Jessica, which feels personal to me. <laughs> anyway, it, it was amazing hearing from the people who went through it, especially those who came out of it. The there was one couple that I want to watch a whole documentary about that they clearly like separate met in the church, separated, came back together, and now they're both not in that cult anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to hear their whole story. They seemed really interesting, but it was just a fucking so many brave people who have co- gone through so much. I My heart really hurt when somebody said she read Handmaid's Tale for the first time a few years ago <laughs> when she was a teen and she was like, oh, this is just my regular life. Yeah, like maybe it, we're the bad ones. Right? Yeah. Are we the baddies? Um, that's the thing. Like if you follow this stuff, it wasn't a secret, but I think the upside to a series like this is because of the attention paid to it, it basically brings the stuff we only talk about in small circles. Mm-hmm. And I, by we, I mean people who are like people who grew up in this environment, people who snark on them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk about it in our little bubbles. Mm-hmm. But to have it exposed to a much wider, broader audience so they could be like, oh, shit, this is not a family to binge watch on TLC. This is like harmful stuff. Yeah. That is the thing I hope people take away from this. Yeah, and I did get a lot out of it coming from the people who were in the same cult situation mm. who were watching the show and their observations about how like mild the children were and like her vo- how the mom's voice has like changed over time and like mm. gotten higher and really sweet she never <laughs> raises her voice and all of the and like the contractual stuff like Jim Bob Duggar Obviously, like, fucked over his family financially in many other ways, but primarily mm-hmm. the driver that I'm thinking of right now um, is they did not get paid for any of their labor. And honestly, honestly, a fucking indictment on Discovery. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Discovery Networks, not just the yeah. concept of Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few things they did say in the thing we heard, like, they gave us the rundown of everything, the pred- predatory behavior of Josh Duggar, the mm-hmm. oldest son, uh, the family obviously was on that show, 19 Kids and Counting, replaced the number with however many kids they have. The show, uh, the Amazon show, featured Jill and Ginger, two of the kids who have uh, broken away a little bit, uh, at least one of them, uh, broken away from them. I think more than anything else, what 
people who don't follow the minutia might have picked up on watching the show. I thought it was all about the Duggars. Really, episode one was about the Duggars. The other three episodes really focused on the cult community they belong to. It was kind of like, we're talking about Scientology, but through the lens of Tom Cruise, right? Like You you just need to step into this world so you can understand what it looks like from the outside, yes. and now here's what it looks like from the inside. Yeah, it's not really a show about the Duggars. It's a show no. about the Institute for Basic Life Principles, mm-hmm. IBLP, which is the That's harmful Christian stuff. movement that these people belong to. And so, yeah, you might have been exposed to the Duggars. You might have watched the show. You might have enjoyed the show and mm-hmm. thought, that's a nice family that happens to be huge. Right. And they also are Christian and conservative. But look, they're wholesome. And then you realize all the other shit that goes down in their circles. And that's really what the focus of a lot of these episodes are just to give people a rundown of what you might have learned. I don't Mm. think I'm, I would. I want to say spoiler, but none of this is a spoiler if you follow the news. Well, and I don't think you can have spoilers <laughs> in real life. Yes. I don't know if that's so, a thing. The IBLP, this Institute for Basic Life Principles, this it's kind of a ministry, but it's more of a community. It's founded by a guy named Bill Gothard, who in 2014, years after he founded this thing, was placed on leave from that organization after 34 women claimed he sexually harassed them. He was also accused of uh, molesting kids and failing to report child abuse. An internal investigation, and you know how much Christian ministries excel at internal investigations. Real good self-policers, those. (laughs) They found no evidence of a crime, but they did say Bill Gothard acted inappropriately, and he subsequently resigned. I was actually surprised to learn this. I I must have picked up on this at some point, but I didn't remember it. Mm -hmm. But the documentary certainly reminded me. Bill Gothard, for all the stuff they talk about, you got to get married. You got to have as many kids as your womb will allow. Never married. Never married. Never had kids. Never had kids. I I forgot about that or I didn't know that. What do you think? He's just like a full-blown pedophile and cannot... Like get it up for a an adult. A I am legally not allowed child. to answer that question. I don't. I think don't know that's what, what his deal is. is. But like the thing is, Bill Gothard's bad behavior was not isolated because mm. Josh Duggar's bad behavior was not isolated. They all subscribe to this patriarchal vision of Christianity, mm-hmm. where men get to dictate all the rules. Physical abuse is condoned if mm. not encouraged. Women don't get much, if any, agency over themselves, their bodies, what they do. Uh, And in practice, one of the things we learned in the documentary, and you mentioned this, Jill Duggar, uh, now Jill Dillard, she said Jim Bob Duggar made her sign a contract that she hadn't read. On the day before her wedding. Day before her wedding, which actually committed her to another five years of being filmed for television. That poor girl. Uh That poor sweet girl. She said in the doc, I believe, I felt like if I said no and I'm not obeying my parents, then bad things are going to happen to me. IBLP and the teachings draw in people like my dad who want this control. It can foster this cult-like environment, which I would say is a big understatement. Um, And like you said, Jill and her husband never saw the money from that contract. Uh, It went, all the money went directly to their father. And this is after the show has been canceled, Mm -hmm. after 19 Kids and Counting had been canceled, and Jill was one of the people starring, Mm -hmm. I use that word very loosely, in the show Counting On, which was, let's do the Duggars, but without Josh. Yep. And that was the show she did not get paid for because the money all went to her dad. And if she or her siblings wanted to receive any of it, Jim Bob Duggar basically demanded they sign his kids, Mm -hmm. sign a lifetime production contract with the company he started. Mm -hmm. And to her credit, Jill refused. And Mm -hmm. that's how 
that show kind of ended. I mean, uh, that part of this series kind of ended. I'm, I'm pr- like watching her. You can kind of see this her journey of going from this very meek person who has been groomed literally only to be a wife and mother and and never ever ever question authority to be able to put her foot down, and then for. It to be, and, and this is all uh, what she said, and we have to take you know take it for for her word. According to her, most of the children were still listed as minors, even though they all were like well into adulthood when the thing started, mm-hmm. which is just so like mathematically horrifying. they would have to be <laughs> right. And the only thing I, I'm sure kids. I kids right right. The other thing I'm sure I knew about, but but felt like I was learning it for the first time to be sure is that they were aware of the shit that was popping off with Josh before filming started. Yeah. This wasn't like Jim Bob and the wife. Yeah. Knew knew. Josh was doing bad shit. Two as sisters, if I'm not mistaken. Uh And five five young five girls, five girls three of whom I believe were sisters. So maybe four. And and somebody I uh, the talking heads were so compelling in this, and somebody just kind of talked about like the deep set narcissism of somebody who thinks that a secret this big is not going to come out because he has such a tight hold on his little family cult. Very George Santosy, like I yeah. sure I can lie about everything, but yeah. I'm a congressman. They right. won't find out. Uh, um, one the other thing they also talked about in the documentary, uh, which I appreciated so much because again, I don't think it should be a niche thing to discuss is training up children. Which uh, we, we talked, talked about, about it just last week. Yeah. Um, to train up a child. One right? of the talking heads in the show, someone I'm an acquaintance with, Eve Ettinger. What? Um, yep. Oh, I listen, I'm watching half this thing. I'm like, oh, I know some of these people. We've spoken before. Wait, there's one person I especially want to be friends with. I'm going to come back to that oh, later. it's this person. I know it's this person. She goes by uh, they, them pronouns. But Eve, one of the reactions, they're like, tell us about uh, training up children and her response. I'm going to quote exactly here. Michael and Debbie Pearl are some motherfuckers. Oh, she was very good. No, um, th- they were very good. I was, I think it was the one with pink hair and black glasses. She said a couple things that really made me chuckle. Um, and there was also somebody else. Oh God, I wish I paid any attention to names. There was a woman who said that, like, after she left the church, she just kept going to school and kept going to school and kept going to school, and she finally got her doctorate. And she was like, "I'll show you how fucking educated I can get, motherfuckers!" <laughs> and it just really, yeah. just this sort of like active rebellion in the way of getting your PhD, which is <laughs> wow. My favorite sort of documentary talking heads are the people who clearly have bottled up all this stuff they want to say. And this is the first time people care about what they want to mm-hmm. say. And they let it all out. Oh, it's so good. Another I like thing. the ones who don't realize they're the villain of their own story, oh, but that's we'll neither get, here nor there. <laughs> no, no, no. We're getting to that okay. in a bit. Um, the show also brought up some of the, what does it mean to train up a child? It basically means physically abusing them until they bend to your will. Full seminars on how to hit children. Yeah. That's Michael and Debbie Pearl. And this is one of the examples of that that was highlighted in the show is something called blanket training. And they actually showed, um, Fuck, man. the Duggar wife. Uh, I don't know her name because it doesn't matter. I forgot it. Um, but Duggar mom says, oh, yes, I do blanket training in her high-pitched voice or whatever. What is blanket training? Blanket training is uh, described in the documentary as when you put an infant child on a blanket Six months old. by putting an ob- and then put an object nearby but off the blanket. Michelle. And if the child leaves the blanket to go get, like, the passy. Slap out! Yeah, it's horrible. You and the hit goal- your... 
your baby child. According to Eve, who one has of just the learned heads. how to crawl. Yeah, the goal and, uh, is breaking the rebellious spirits they're born with. And they're they say old. it without any sense of like how this could come off to so like they are so blatantly proud of this and think it is such a good like they are so proud of their little like robotic children and it's honestly every scene watching them play violin even though we couldn't hear the music it just I could see how bad the playing was because it was all these (laughs) like robotic toddlers going And like just staring with blank eyes. And it's like, we want our children to be able to play the violin. We don't want our children to make music and do art no, and just be cultured. Play, go through the you need to have uh, these things on your resume. Right. Don't get off the blanket. Um, play violin. One of the other talking heads, get a hit. pastor named Josh Peace, actually said, and like you mentioned, just like Tom Cruise was like a popularizing vessel for Scientology. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Scientology is weird, but uh, we all want you to learn about it through this guy that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, the Duggars were the vehicle. Is it weird when this charismatic guy says it? Right. And the Duggars, he said, were the vehicle to legitimize IBLP and all these horrible beliefs. And it's only recently, not just through this documentary, but in recent years that IBLP victims have been speaking out and mm. they're getting heard. Um, so one of the things in response to this uh, docu-series on Amazon, uh, Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar have responded. They have said it is sad derogatory and sensationalized to which I'm like, they they mostly quoted you. But also, (laughs) yes, those things might be true, but also them's the facts. Yeah. There's no polite way to describe the horrible things they believe. How would you like us to discuss the fact that your son molested one of your many, many daughters, all of whom were saddled with raising a child of their own, this fucking buddy system they have. Oh, here's right. a 10-year-old. Here's an infant. He's your responsibility right. now. Like, Hope you don't like having fun. If it's sensationalized, it's because you're doing horrible things. If it's derogatory, it's because they quoted you. If it's sad, well, that's your life. Like, yeah, accuracy... It's sad. It's like, yeah, yeah, we thought so too. Accuracy is going to make them look bad because the version of Christianity they subscribe to is cruel and controlling. Like, bad. no amount of Jesus talk will whitewash their delusions. Um, and one of the things they said in their statement this week, uh, this is something they said, I, I laughed and then I felt like crying if I had emotions. They said, <laughs> we have always believed that the best chance to repair damaged relationships or to reconcile differences is through love in a private setting. Like, oh, oh. no, no, no. We saw what you did with Josh Ex- Duggar in a private setting, yeah, and it led to worse you stuff. raised your children in a public forum. No yes. So maybe this isn't the time you get to, like, tr- like it's very, like, closing the barn door after the horse runs out kind of thing of, like, <laughs> oh, you don't want all of your children's business to be public fodder? Hey, let's transport back to 2004 and go don't put to, them on television. Yeah, go back to four kids and counting and let's rework all this. <sighs> um, and the thing is, like, the last episode, really, of the series got to the heart of all of this by showcasing how IBLP principles are not going away. The Duggars are not on TV anymore, but there mm-hmm. are younger Christians espousing all the same principles on social media. Yep. And this goes to the oh my, my favorite part of this entire series, I think, because I can laugh at it without feeling like Josh Duggar cringy, Uh-oh. is they literally brought in for a Talking Head interview 
uh, Paul and Morgan, who is uh, this married Christian couple that they're they ju- I think they said this in the series. They're like, we're the cool Christians because because why we met on Tinder. And but we're oh, still we're still they conservative were very Christians. Very cringy. And here's the thing: they have a YouTube uh, channel. They're I don't know if you want to call them popular, but they're popular enough on YouTube that they do this all the time. They talk about their lives. They talk about their Christian beliefs. And I'm pretty sure when the series reached out to say we want to talk to younger Christians who believe a lot of the same things, mm-hmm. I think they must have thought yes. This is our golden opportunity. Of course, we will talk to you about this. And they, from what I've read, they were interviewed for four hours, which is not weird for any documentary like this. We only saw about 30 seconds of clips, right. maybe a little more That's in the show. Goes. That is how it goes. But the thing is, if you watch the actual interview, the, the clips that were in the series, uh-huh. and the interspersed clips from their videos uh-huh. that were included in the documentary, it's like, well, all of these things are things you have said. They weren't taken out of context. Right. These are things you believe. I'll give you an example of how bad this made them look. Okay. They say, like, we want to be a light for Christianity in the world. Mm-hmm. But right before that, they were like, so what does it mean to submit to your husband? And Morgan's explaining what submission looks like no, in no, a no, marriage. No, 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 You don't understand. You don't understand. Oh, my God. It's such a scary word. You choose to submit right. is literally, right? Is yep, that, did I get it verbatim? It because I sure did listen to that and was like. <clears throat> and then they were like, we want to be a light for Christianity. And then it intersperses to a clip from their YouTube channel where they're parroting anti-trans talking points. Mm-hmm. So kudos to the editing you team of the series for that. Them. Right. You can't be them. You can't be them. Pick one. <laughs> Lady, get a fucking life. Jesus yeah. Christ. I, what amazed me about this is the thing, the reason people watch their channel, I'm sure there's a handful of like actual people who like them. But sure. the, everyone else are the people who watch them because these are the most self-unaware people who have no idea how they come across. No. And so for weeks before the series launched, they were bragging about how they were going to appear in the series. They have their like IMDb screenshots. Like, mm-hmm. look, we're in the series. And they were smiling like, you guys, you might already know. But if not, we'll reveal our secret. It's going to be very interesting tomorrow. Then the series drops and they're like, you guys, they didn't, they didn't make us look good. Um, I don't know what they thought would happen. Did they? I think they seriously thought they could make fundamentalist Christianity look cool and hip. And again, when just because like telegenic younger Christians brag about conservative Christian principles, you don't look good no matter how photogenic you might be. And like, there's no nice way to espouse these horrible beliefs. You can't talk about, yeah, women submit to your husbands with a smile on your face and think it's going to work. And, you can't and then be explain anti, it by you saying can't be bigots and then think it's going to work because you're 20 something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just, uh, do you think it, it, it's just naivete, right? It is just like insular, like you're in your bubble and the only people who comment on your shit are. If you imagine like people the people who support com- you, yeah, they think they get comments from Christians who are like, "You guys are so cool. I hope I have. I hope I meet somebody just like your partner, whatever." Mm. And then they think, "Yes, if more people saw us, everyone will think this." And it's like, no, everyone either mocks you or cringes when they're watching you because you believe a lot of horrible shit. And it's not that you're wrong about Christianity; you are, but that's not the point. It's that you believe really harmful versions of Christianity. And, like, ever since the series came out, they have openly condemned IBLP and Bill Gothard 
What? But the people and the institution, but they still defend everything these people teach. It's like saying like, oh yeah, Josh Duggar was horrible. It's like, oh, so submission and listening to, no, that part's fine. Yeah, so like but you, the, the vessel was not yeah, ideal. It's like people who are like, the Catholic Church is really bad, but let me tell you why confession is good and the priest is uh-huh. good. And, and why this is the Pope, we, the best Pope we've ever had. Right, right, right. Like they're, Oh, by the way, we've talked about Girl Defined, those sisters oh. who are equally patriarchal are and equally transphobic. They were also shown in clips. They were not sitting down for an interview. Are which, they in part of the same, same IB, circles. whatever, IBL? Same circles. Team. They're not part of IBLP, but they are part of conservative Christian fundamentalism, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and they espouse all the same stuff. Cool. Another name that might be familiar to people, Lori Alexander, a.k.a. the transformed wife, oh who does not appear in the series, but she has spent all week trying to defend the Duggars. She said, oh, the Duggar children, quote, should have worked it out privately. No. She said Jill and Ginger, who appear in the series, are simply harming the name of Christ, which mm-hmm. I think she's jealous they're trampling on her uh, territory. She <laughs> says also she didn't finish the series and then said it's all lies, which I love the juxtaposition. Oh, that's that. my favorite. Uh-huh. She defended blanket training. Because? Because it teaches babies self-control from a young age. That's it. That's her quote. Um, Grabbing for the passage. Nope. Haven't we just? We're, haven't we recently been talking about how like teenagers' brains aren't fully developed, yes. so they make bad decisions? And Guess what? I got to tell you about infants. Oh boy! Yeah. Anybody uh, who's ever had their hair grabbed by an infant knows yeah. they have no self control. Right. <laughs> um, the IBLP released a statement too, because oh. even though Bill Gothard's not with them anymore, they still exist. He's still their boy. Um, here's what they said. The most recent <clears throat> documentary about IBLP is Did a they reflection. Write a hem? They they wrote quotation marks. Oh, about IBLP is a reflection of today's culture. Uh-oh. It's misleading and untruthful commentary. Mocks that which is good and moral in the most sensationalized way possible, both for shock value and for profit. Did they, they specific- did not specifically they say didn't specify. anything? Okay. So what was untrue? Mm-hmm. What sensationalized the facts? I don't know. They also said. The founder, Bill Gothard, resigned from IBLP in 2014 and is no longer associated with the IBLP so ministry. stop talking the, about him. The focus of this ministry is the Lord Jesus Christ and the practical truths found in Scripture and not any single person or family. So basically, stop associating that guy with us, even though he's totally the figurehead for all of I this. Mean, ay, 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 these, <laughs> I mean, I do. I was curious what the, the uh, uh, blowback would be and... If they would, in fact, say anything substantial and obviously, because that tends to be the thing that we see in these kinds of expose documentaries about cults and things like that of like, oh, no, 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 oh, my God, it's so, I cannot believe you believe that such bullshit. Well, which parts? (laughs) You can't believe the media. (laughs) Right. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from the series is that Bill Gothard's absence for the past decade is irrelevant because the principles that he promoted that were uh, publicized, popularized by the Duggars yeah. are still, the dice been cast. still around. Yeah, but Jim Bob Duggar, speaking of people running for office despite all this, Can they said this in the series. The audacity? He ran for state legislature again. He was a state legislator like decades ago before yeah. the show. He ran for it again even while the while Josh Duggar was in court. Like, yeah, that's Why how little he, he focusing on his family? I know. I thought that was a thing those people like. It's like their whole brand, I thought. Um, 
By the way, I don't know if you know this. Don't have to worry about their. Another two of the talking heads that I found compelling in the show, but I knew their backstory a little bit, are friends of the Duggars. Their names were Jim and Bobby Holt. The older couple. Older couple. Yeah, they were great. Um, I believe she has now filed a restraining order against this guy. The guy being a guy who spoke out against Jim Bob Duggar to his credit. Wait, 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 wait. The partner she was with. Yes, they were. They were. They were t- friends of Jim Bob Duggar, and they were and basically they were a couple. We are no longer associated with okay. them. They're bad, and, and we're that, speaking the out. restraining order is against whom? Uh, she filed it against her husband, her, okay. both of whom were in the documentary. Wow. But since then, what do you do? Also, well, he's a conservative Christian. Like, uh, I didn't God, look it up. Story it's of a the rabbit woman. hole. I didn't go down that one. Did you remember the story of the woman who said her husband was, like, abusing her, abusing her, and he finally said, I'm leaving? And she just said, like, in my heart, I knew I needed to leave. And she packed her kids, got out, and apparently had gone to work to get his gun and came back, and they were gone. So, just like Christ did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just... You know, truly tapping into the narcissism of, like, white men who are angry at their lot in life is so fucking easy. It's kind of pathetic. It's extremely pathetic, but Here's a it's going to keep happening, gang. From the Daily Beast, uh, Nick Shager, he wrote, um, The Duggars were, quote, not quirky anti-birth control kooks, but insidious radicals with an abhorrent agenda. Mm-hmm. I think that's accurate, and I think for that reason alone... If you haven't seen the series yet, you should watch it because yeah. if the Duggars and other like-minded Christians had their way, you would never get to hear this side of the story with this spotlight mm-hmm. on the worst parts of everything they believe. So mm-hmm. for that reason alone, if even if you already know all this stuff or at least have an idea of this stuff, still worth watching because more people are going to watch a series like this than listen to some people like us. Which is weird because so, we're so know, talented. They shouldn't. But... Um, good. I'm so glad this got made. I'm glad it's out there. I hope, I don't know if the producer who's done some interviews since is joking, like, because there's so much they didn't cover about Mm, this world. mm -hmm. She's like, season two. I'm like, I don't know if there's going to be a season two Mm -hmm. for something like this, but I hope there is. Shinier, happier people. Yeah, right? There's so many more people they could have talked about. There's so many, I mean, they didn't talk about the other quiverful families that also got TLC shows. Yeah, they didn't Um, talk about the, uh, song. Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. It was really A lot uh, of lacking in the reporting. God, I couldn't pull the name R.E.M. Three letters. Good job, Jess. (laughs) Jesus. Last weekend, I had my in-laws over, and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You, too, can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash friendly and use code friendly 
to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So with that, <laughs> let me talk about the other Christian show that got a lot of press this week. <laughs> for There's the, another one? Oh, so many. Well, I'm telling you, this week was a blast. I genuinely, like, I'm, I have not been on, online very much in the last year or so, but this I have no idea what the fuck happened. So I know. This is I'm great. nervous. Do you know what the show The Chosen is? Uh-uh. It's one of the most popular shows in in I don't know media. Um, oh, uh, but I in don't know. the United States, I was thinking. Sure. I thought you were going to be like in Bolivia. <laughs> no, basically, imagine Bali. if the story of Jesus was told on like HBO, like a prestige drama. That's what Ooh, the chosen is. I have a very important question. Uh-huh. Is this from a biblical point of view, or is this like a pop look at the Bible? I would argue it's more of a pop look at the Bible where the characters Am are all I the there. audience or are my Christian friends the audience? Who are they going after for this? Christian audience okay. is what they're going for, but they're trying really hard not to beat you over the head with the Bible. It's a big tent. Right? So anyway, there is this show called The Chosen. It's now filming season four. Season three is already done and wrapped and mm-hmm. uh, available wherever you find weird Christian shows. <laughs> Um, but anyway, did they have posters for a little bit that we I, talked yes, about? Yes, we did. Okay. It was last year. We'll get to that. All right. But basically, it's I don't know how popular it is because it is hard to gauge how popular any streaming anything is. Uh-huh. I will tell you, according to some numbers, it allegedly racked up 200 million views or maybe 350 million views in a, depending on your metric. Her- um, overall, views? overall, oh, okay. it's gotten really good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. Um, I don't know what how many people have actually watched the shows, but there's a lot of advertising for it on Facebook. Um, this the reason it even got made is because when they launched a fundraising campaign, fundraising campaign to make the show, uh-huh. it uh, broke like GoFundMe or whatever it was, whatever site they used. They made like ten million dollars. They raised ten million dollars to film the show, which at the time was the biggest sort of fundraiser of that sort that had happened. I mean, it really does show how thirsty Christians are for like non shitty entertainment. No kidding. <laughs> and so, like, it's premiered. It premiered in twenty nineteen. I think even if you haven't watched it, maybe one of the best things you could say is it's not as eye roll inducing okay. as other Christian media. So, like. But you're probably not watching it unless you're a Christian whose thing is like, I got to watch Christian TV. Right. The rest right. of us are not watching it, but there you go. Anyway. What's this on again? Uh, I don't know. Oh. I don't know where it's on. It's not on TV. I don't know which streaming thing it's on. And it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because none of Pure you are going to watch it. It's not on Pure Flix either. It's just, it's on the internet somewhere. That's the only one I've heard of, so I don't know where else. So here's be. the story that happened this week. They yep. released like a week or two ago... Um, a behind-the-scenes look at the filming of season four, Most, mostly to get their fans excited about the upcoming season. We want to show you that we're filming things. We want to show you, hey, you know that serious character that appears? Like, here's them laughing behind the scenes yeah. while during a break from the action. It was cute. Like, I watched yeah. it. I'm just like, yeah, okay, I don't know the show, but, like, these guys look like they're having fun behind the scenes. Good on them. Sure. Um, any show can do anything like this. So, whatever. But, but... 
it's like a four minute little promo video for season four, right? Like okay. it's whatever. If you pause it at like twenty six seconds into the promo, Which as many people have apparently, you could see on the camera equipment for one of the videographer, cinematographer people, uh-huh. there is a tiny little rainbow flag on the side of his equipment. And people screenshotted this thing. Well, this was before Pride Month, but it was there. They screenshotted it. They're like, what is a rainbow flag doing on the set of The Chosen? They have so much to learn about Hollywood. Yeah. By the way, to go back really quick, you said, didn't we talk about them before? Before season three launched last year, Mm. they put out this, I thought, poorly thought out marketing campaign where they put up billboards advertising their show and then vandalized their own billboards or the the posters look like they were chosen S-U-X. Yeah. Stuff like that. Stupid. They didn't actually vandalize it. The billboards were made to look vandalized, but like they basically pretended like they were being persecuted because no one's actually persecuting them. Anyway, what a bad take. So 25 (laughs) seconds in, you see the rainbow flag. Mm. And this one guy who works for uh, the right, a blogger for the right wing group Turning Point USA, Mm. he posted on Twitter and this got the ball rolling. Hey, the chosen TV, can you explain why there's a pride flag on set? And then you have commenters on the YouTube video with the promo saying, we would all like an explanation for the pride flag on set. Pride cometh before the fall. I would hate to see that become a reality for the chosen. Another commenter. Openly displaying a pride flag is unacceptable. We will be boycotting this show until you apologize oh, and repent. Uh, another... They're going to be bored. They can't do Dude, anything anymore. They're after Chick-fil-A so this much. week too. Yeah. <gasps> Oh, because the uh, they have a DEI, yeah, the DEI uh, administrator somewhere. Anyway, more YouTube Diversity, commenters. Equity and inclusion is that the, yep. what that means? So all these commenters are like, "Why is this on your set? I'm so mad at this show." And the chosen and the chosen whoever runs their YouTube comment section moderates it. Yeah. They all responded to all these commenters with one message. Here's the message: basically, the show has a giant crew. Not every member agrees with one brand of Christianity. And guess what? We're not a ministry. We don't give a shit. (laughs) The show should be judged on the final product, not the individual choices of everyone working on staff. And they basically said, look, we are a professional show. We are not a ministry making a Christian thing. We're not a church making a Christian show because we don't like those shows. We're saying we're doing a professional job. Some of our actors... We don't. We didn't ask them. Do you subscribe to our statement of faith? Right. When we cast them, we cast good actors, and the same thing goes for our staff. When we wanted someone who's good at filming scenes, we did not start the conversation by saying, "Do you agree that only men can marry women?" Right. And things right. Like that. Because that's illegal. <laughs> well, it's not. Uh, it doesn't have to be illegal, but for something like this, they're like, "Well, we're doing it professionally," so we. They just said we're not doing it. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying it would have been illegal if somebody, like, because it's not a privately owned company from, or not a. Oh, um, it might be. I don't know if it no, is. No, no. It's, but it's a. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just okay, trying to so find like, out more about they this. They said, we have made it clear from the beginning we do not have a religious or political litmus test for who can work on our show. One crew member wearing something doesn't speak for everyone. The show's official stance on anything is to be found in the content of the show. And then to the guy who blasted them on Twitter, 
They're like, look, we will work with anyone on our show who helps us portray or honor the authentic Jesus. We ask that audiences let the show speak for itself and focus on the message, not the messenger, because we will always let you down. Mm. Which, okay, I've heard that sort of Christian thing before. Not really a defense of LGBTQ rights. Right. Just saying like, look, we're not going to discriminate against LGBTQ people because we're too busy making a show for an audience that likes to discriminate against LGBTQ people. That's but pretty like, wild. You it know what? Fine. You're interested in bringing skilled crew members to work on your show. Ray Comfort did this years ago, right? We mm. talked about that. Where we he talked to it. had them. professional actors do his anti-gay movie mm-hmm. instead of hiring Christians who are probably, because the bar has already been set, like the ceiling is already there. Right. Um, you're not going to get as quality people necessarily. So like, I get that. Mm. Um, one of the, so the person in question, whose flag was that? It's a guy named Dan. His name doesn't matter. He's camera a steady, he's a camera operator. My who, by the does. way, is in a same-sex marriage. There you go. Um, and happens to be working on this. I looked at his Facebook, by the way. Here's one of the things he posted. Uh, w- this is day one of many. Always surreal to check off the firsts of a new season. From the first scene to the first steady cam shot to the first rain delay, it feels like we never left. I am so grateful to be back with this all-star cast and crew for a whole nother season of adventures. I'm going to text seems, my friend who's a camera operator. Seems see if he knows very him. exciting. Uh, seems very excited to be working on the show. I personally have questions about why an openly gay married man is working on a show like this, but Mm. they don't matter because it's his life and he wants to work here and he's getting paid to do his job. And he's apparently very good at his job. So who cares what I think? Right. Um, I will say like the show presumably hired him because he's good at what he does, but conservatives have tried to turn this into a big deal. Just to give you an example of this, the right wing outlet daily wire, they published a piece summarizing all the drama, but clearly leaning into how the show is blasphemous To which the site's own CEO later chimed in saying, and I'm quoting here, this is a disgusting piece and I'm sorry we ran it because why are you blasting the show for hiring a professional? The the guy, talking points guy who, like, why did you put the flag on your set? He now wants a boycott because the promotion of the pride flag is never acceptable in church or any form of ministry. Who wants a boycott? Uh, the Twitter user that oh, no one cares oh, about. Oh, sure. Uh, the director, what he was the doing. show's creator and director, his name is Dallas Jenkins, said, we've made no, no secret our cast and crew come from all different beliefs and backgrounds. Yeah, same deal here. Notice that he never names any of the enemies. He doesn't say conservative Christians are the problem here, Hmm. trying to make a big deal out of this. He can't, because that's his audience. Uh And also, he's taking the coward's way out and saying, like, look, we have a lot of people on our set. Instead of saying, Mm. we're fine with the pride flag on set, because we're not out to destroy LGBTQ people. We support them. Uh, He can't say that either, because he knows his audience. So here's where we're at, just to summarize. The same people who couldn't handle a trans woman doing a short plug for Bud Light on Instagram and who decided Target is too anti-Christian because they sell rainbow clothes, they're now mad at a show celebrating the life of Jesus. And they're mad at Chick-fil-A for going woke. They are all eating their own, and it is glorious. It is so wild how... When, how good they are at like directing their rage at particular. It's a real like and fucking homing missile there, isn't to it? To see who's avoiding the conflict. Like the guy who's the Daily Caller CEO is like, wrong fight. Don't do this fight. Yeah. We're not doing this one. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I like that they can't decide to be mad at the Jesus show in Chick-fil-A 
I like even Ted Cruz this week, Uganda passed a kill the gays bill. Oh my God. Um, horrible Seriously? bill. And Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz is like, this is an abomination. They what? should not be doing this. And then a whole bunch of conservatives are like, Ted Cruz is such a rhino. It's like, buddy, he's your dude. I literally had rhino just, in my, my head. Just because he's like death penalty <laughs> for homosexuality goes a little too far for my standards. I say it doesn't go um, not far enough. Yeah. And everyone's album. mad at him. Let's speak of mean, going too far. Gang, they've really lost the plot, haven't they? Like, uh, they lost the, it a long time when's ago. When's the last time they have we've covered a story where anybody was concerned about like anything real? Uh, not when we're covering Republicans. I guess this isn't a representative sampling, so <laughs> no, I would have covered it if it happened. It yeah, happened <laughs> okay. looking forward to the day. Let's talk about Oklahoma because they just screwed up this week. Oh. You'll never believe it. I know. So two months ago, we discussed the Oklahoma Statewide Virtual Charter School Board. Why did we discuss them? Because they oh. were considering making a Catholic charter school, St. Isidore of Seville Virtual Catholic Charter School. They were wondering, should we allow them to exist? Right. Should we grant them approval to exist here? And two months ago, the board of this, the people who get the authority to decide whether a charter school can move forward... Mm-hmm. Um, they said this seems like a bad idea. All the people speaking at the public comments part of this meeting are saying it's a horrible idea, like mm. every single one of them. Um, here's the kicker. Like two, a couple years ago, I think, the attorney general of Oklahoma, uh, John O'Connor, he wrote a non-binding legal opinion in December saying everything would be fine if you approved this. He said, you know, the state's current ban on publicly funded charter schools um, it, it could be a violation of the Constitution. Then this guy, the Attorney General, lost the a primary. The itself could be unconstitutional? Yes, okay. that's what he said. Then a new Attorney General, a Republican, beat him in the primary. So it's like, oh, well, it's probably just going to echo everything the last yeah. guy said. But no, the new Attorney General, who is a Republican, uh, he rescinded that statement from the old guy, and he said, the opinion as issued by my predecessor misuses the concept of religious liberty wow. by employing it as a means to justify state-funded religion. Wow. I, he said, I doubt most Oklahomans would want their tax dollars to fund a religious school whose tenets are diametrically opposed to their own faith. So the new attorney general is on the side of church-state separation here. I'm confused. I know. So all of this came to a head in April when this board, this five-member board, had to vote on whether this application could move forward. After hours of discussion, they decided 5-0 to basically, we're going to postpone. We're not going to vote on this today. Uh, We don't think it's ready for prime time yet, but Mm. we're going to give the school an opportunity to address our complaints, and we'll come back, we'll revisit this issue in a couple months. Uh, The one, besides the governor of Oklahoma, the one other person who's really defending it is the superintendent of education there. His name is Ryan Walters, state superintendent of public instruction, Ryan Walters, who is a Christian nationalist. Hmm. And he showed up at that meeting two, uh, two months ago, and he's like, you guys should totally approve this. It's great. Bottom line is, if they said yes to this, Oklahoma taxpayers would be giving money to a Catholic school. Is there a big Catholic population in Oklahoma? I, uh, I would think it's of very Baptist-y and, and whatnot. I think the fact that it's a rural area, like a large section of Oklahoma's sure. rural, if you offer them a virtual Catholic school, there are a lot of people, especially in rural Oklahoma, who would take them up on it. 
So anyway, two months ago, good news. They did not say yes, but they delayed Seven Baptists it. They delayed more it. Times than other. So hmm. here's what happened this week. They met again. But a couple things happened here. Okay. One is that one of the board members who had voted to delay the vote last time, um, he was there on borrowed time because he was actually done with his term limit, but he hadn't been replaced yet, so he was still there. Okay. Well, guess what? <laughs> He's no longer, they basically removed him from the board, mm-hmm. and the Republican House Speaker appointed someone to take his spot because he had the authority to do that. Oh, the House Speaker who... No, no, no. The, the Attorney General is the one who's doing good. No, no, no. Doing the Republican House... Yeah. The Republican House Speaker, who's just a straight-up MAGA Another guy, idiot, okay. Uh, appointed the new member of the board. Oh, God. So that's not great. No. And he appointed a guy who everyone knew would support a religious charter school. And after this meeting, they voted three to two to say, yep, move forward with it. Wah, wah. Which means the headline is, Oklahoma just approved a taxpayer-funded Catholic charter school. The board's lawyers said, even at this meeting, this could raise legal problems. Oh, you think? Why? Where? Which one? Which amendment? And not just legal problems for, like, the state, but, like, individuals who are on the board. (gasps) They could sue you personally for doing this. Can they? They could. That's That's what they're saying. We don't know exactly how this is going to play out, but the lawyers are like, you might not want to do this. We're going to risk our entire careers and reputations in the hopes that maybe a Catholic school will get paid for. Mm-hmm. It's just a bad idea. And just to be clear, why would this be a problem? Why is this the, the hill ca- they're dying on? The Catholic school. Why is it Catholic? Why is that bothering me so much? Yeah, unlike public schools, this Catholic school presumably would not allow would not require teachers to be certified they would not have to accept openly lgbtq teachers uh married teachers certainly mm-hmm. they uh who are in a same sex marriage they could explicitly promote catholic doctrine during school hours it's possible that if students become pregnant while at oh, the high God. school they could be expelled trans students could be expelled just for existing sex education could be omitted from the curriculum all this stuff could happen at a Catholic school, and it's one thing if it's a private school, but now they want taxpayers funding this sort of thing, and that's the problem here. So here's where we're at. Now that they have given it a green light, um, here's what happens next. By the way, the guy that the Republican House Speaker appointed, of course, he voted for it. There is a little controversy over whether he had the right to vote that quickly. Excuse you? He was appointed on Friday. This vote took place on like Monday or something. Oh, so it's does like, it need to like marinate before it works? I don't know the technical thing here, but there is an open question of does his vote count, which could be one area here mm. to look at. Um, something else. Uh, on Monday, Governor Stitt of Oklahoma signed into law another bill which will abolish this entire board by 2024 and replace it with a new board. Which what? and all appointees that to that board, basically whatever they just voted on, that whole group is going away anyway. Based on, I don't understand. Based this. on Republicans control everything, and by the way, the law he signed yeah. that says we're going to eliminate this charter school, virtual charter school board, and replace it with a new board that does all charter schools. Yeah. The law literally says, "quote A charter school shall be non-sectarian." That's the law he signed on Monday. My, they're dude. not reading their own shit here. So, Americans United for Separation of Church and State, immediately after the vote took place, they put out a plan. They said, we're looking into this. We are planning to sue. 
They said it's hard to think of a clearer violation of the religious freedom of Oklahoma taxpayers and public school families than the state establishing the nation's first religious public charter school. The government should never force anyone to fund religious education. In a country built on the principle of separation of church and state, public schools must never be allowed to become Sunday schools. Hmm. FFRF, uh, Freedom from Religion Foundation, said basically the same thing. State officials have allowed their personal religious preferences to take precedence over the Constitution. Um, The Attorney General, the good one, who's, uh at least on this issue... I miss him. Yep. He says this decision is unconstitutional. Legal action is likely. He said the approval of any publicly funded religious school is contrary to Oklahoma law and not in the best interest of taxpayers. By taking this vote... These members have exposed themselves and the state to potential legal action that could be costly. Yeah. So, I don't know how this plays out at this point. What do you think it looks like when this guy runs into his coworkers in the bathroom? The attorney general? Yeah. Like, is I mean, he just he's like, a Republican and he's abs- Republican as far as I know on everything else but true, except on this. But, like, I, I mean, I know this is assigning a lot to this dude, but I have to think he has enough of a spine to, like... If he has enough of a spine to say, hey, this is unconstitutional to the press, like, how is he not just, like, knocking heads together? Like, my dude, this is, we are going to lose so much fucking money over this. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Besides anything else, it's a bad idea. It's unconstitutional. Charter schools fucking suck and are a blight <laughs> on the educational system. All of that aside, says Jessica, this is going to. I by the way, oh, I will fucking schools. stand behind mm-hmm. my anti-charter school stance. Do not get it twisted. I don't even care right at this point. I will say, New York, according to the New York Times, charter schools make up eight percent of public schools in the U.S. That's a number that's much higher than I would have guessed mm-hmm. on my own. Um, but the fear now is that if this goes through, if this Catholic charter school is allowed to move on and they get to form and they get taxpayer funding, you can bet that Christians in every state are going to try to pull the same gambit. Um, so there is a very open question of are these church, I mean, these church state separation groups are going to sue. Yes. Will they win? What is the state of Oklahoma going to do? It doesn't look like they have any desire to defend the Catholic school or their own board in court. So that's not going to happen. Wait, 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 what's the evidence that they don't have a desire to... Oh, because the, the Attorney General doesn't give a like, shit. I got it, got it, got it, So I'm not fighting on your behalf. I forgot how government works. That. So um, I don't know how this goes. There will This will play out in the courts right now. I mean, this does this feel like a Supreme Court run to you? That's their goal, I think. Yeah. I think the goal right now, I'm, I mean, someone said that this week, I didn't have it in my notes, but conservative, one of the conservative Christian right sort of leaders said, our goal is getting as much shit through the courts as possible right now because mm-hmm. we'll win. We'll win. Just get it in the courts yeah. so we can win. Our goal is to file as many of these things like as we can mm-hmm. because some of them will get up to the Supreme Court and then our buddy Clarence will help us out. But so, her emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Truly, hey, just want to take this moment. <sighs> Let's just sit down together and say collectively that if you I can voted, handle 20 seconds of this. That you, if you voted third party in the 2016 election or abstained. Anywhere, anytime, ever. Or abstained because you just don't like her. Literally climb up your own ass. And that's 20 seconds. Thank you. Let's talk about the L.A. Dodgers. Why? Why are they in a mess? Let's talk They're about how they screwed up. Here's what they did. So, oh like, if what have you learned from the Budweiser and Target and anything selling Pride anything? What have those companies learned 
in the past few weeks. Oh, that um, nobody has a fucking spine and they'll cave to the slightest um, rancoring of the fucking idiots? Yeah, they'll take that. That's the right answer. So here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with celebrating pride or selling rainbow clothing or working with trans people. (laughs) But conservative activists... Big big if true. (laughs) Yeah, conservative (laughs) activists want to make sure that never, ever happens, and they will raise hell because they don't have lives. So like they raise a shit every time it happens, even incidentally, like if a pride flag appears in two seconds of your four-minute promo for a Jesus show. Mm. And like the dumb thing to do is to cave and apologize and pretend like you did something wrong because you didn't. Mm. So here's what happened with the L.A. Dodgers uh, baseball team. Uh-oh. A couple weeks ago, they announced that they have a pride night. They have oh, an LGBTQ pride, everybody. Night. Yeah, sure. So they have their 10th annual LGBTQ plus night. Uh, it takes place on June 16th. Okay. And they've done this, again, 10 years now. And they announced, we're going to give a community hero award to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Ooh, they've come up in conversation a few times of late, huh? Have they? Or was it just this not that I me. keep hearing about? You might have heard just about, heard about it this a lot. over and over again. So okay. if you're not familiar with the sisters, I'm just going to call them that because a lot of syllables. The sisters have been around for decades. They are known for wearing outfits that resemble nuns uh, while raising money for AIDS patients and officiating same-sex marriages, mm-hmm. weddings, and supporting queer causes through grant money to other groups. Their tagline is "Go forth and sin some more." Uh, their members have clever drag names because they always have clever drag names like uh, Sister Taint a Virgin and uh, Sister Hallelujah. They're great. So, like, are they mocking the Catholic Church? I would say no, not really. It's not like they're arguing theology here. They're using well-known religious backdrops here as the basis for their satire and charity. Can I counterpoint? Sure. I think they're making fun of the Catholic Church, and I think that's... Okay. Sure. If anything, I think they're mocking the institution more than individual Catholics. I mean, mem- members yeah. of this place. I did are, not say they're mocking Catholics. Right. They're mocking the Catholic Church. Sure. Many members are former Catholics, and if this is their way to push back against the church, like so be it. Deal with your trauma, how you have to, my dude. <laughs> that's how satire works. You use something familiar, and hopefully, you go after people in power. Mm-hmm. But again, a lot of these members are trans. A lot of these are gay men wearing drag, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And because we live in 2023, and those are people who are uh, unfairly maligned as mm-hmm. doing the kinds of things that actual Catholic priests do, as opposed to like. Huh. Like the Josh Juggers of the world uh-huh. who are routinely just no, lauded. you handle that one in private. Oh, um, and that, if thank it's you, actual thank Catholic you. priests who do anything wrong, you handle that in private. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, if drag mm-hmm. queens dress up as Catholic mm-hmm. uh, nuns or something, they're the enemy. That's so, public square shit. So the Dodgers said we're giving this group an award because they do all this charity work. Which, by the way, that's a nice thing to do. Not just. The group, the sisters, but like the Dodgers for honoring them for doing it. That makes sense because they do good work. So as soon as they announced that, within seconds, everybody was like, "Cool, what a nice conservative!" Yep, all the conservative Catholics were on it. Uh, Bill Donahue, who is uh, constantly on the verge of a a mental breakdown, he of the Catholic leagues called it an unprovoked assault on Catholics. Which, by the way, I I double checked this. Assault is strong. uh, Is a phrase he has never associated with the molesting priests. None of that was an assault on Catholicism, but... No, that was an assault on Catholics. Yeah, You're confused yeah. Sorry, again. sorry. Marco Rubio said it was an affront to Catholics, and that the, uh, he, was, he said that the fact that the team would honor a group that mocks Christians through diabolical parodies of our faith 
is wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, That was Senator Marco Rubio. The head of a right-wing advocacy group called Catholic Vote said the sisters were a hate group. Um, And one Mm. of the Dodgers relief pitchers, whose name doesn't matter, called the group blasphemous. And he funneled that message through the Christian (laughs) conspiracy theorist Sean Foyt. So just to be clear, the sisters are not a threat to Catholicism. You know what is? You Mm. know what is a threat to Catholicism? Catholic priests. Catholic priests. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then, to this is why I'm mad at them, Mm. the Dodgers caved. Just days after that initial backlash, Come on, the guys. team said in a now-deleted tweet, here's what they said. It's been deleted. It's now been deleted. They oh said, boy. given the strong feelings of people who have been offended by the sisters' inclusion in our evening, and in an effort not to distract from the great benefits that we have seen over the years of Pride Night, we are deciding to remove them no. from this year's group of honorees. Have the tiniest backbone, you guys. Dude. It's not that hard. Seriously. So, that was May 17th. By May 22nd, five days later, they had uncaved. Yeah. The okay. Dodgers released a statement that is still on Twitter. And they said, "Here's I'm going to read this in full because it's just really took you five days to do this. But okay. After much thoughtful feedback from our diverse communities, honest conversations with the L.A. Dodgers organization, and generous discussions with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the Dodgers would like to offer our sincerest apologies to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, members of the LGBTQ plus community, and their friends and families. We have asked the Sisters to take their place on the field at our Pride Night. We are pleased to share that they have agreed to receive the gratitude of our collective communities for the life-saving work that they have done tirelessly for decades. Yada, 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 you get That's the point. nice, I guess. So, right, it's the right decision you did the right thing, eventually, after spending five days doing the dumbest possible thing. But the problem with this, had they just stuck by their guns and just done the right thing from the beginning, as they did, mm. then the angry people would have had their aneurysms, and then we all would have moved on because Bill Donahue only has aneurysms, and no one cares. No, instead we have to remind the, the queer community that they are constantly a bargaining chip. Right. That people are willing to sacrifice. Queer rights... You know, reproductive rights, those are always on the table that, hey, hey, did this hurt your feelings too bad? Don't worry. We will throw queer people to the fucking wolves, all right? Like, how many times a year do we see this happen? How many times a year do we see somebody be like, oh, oh, she's pro-choice, I guess she can't. Like, no, no. Have some fucking principles, you monsters. This is another reason capitalism is terrible. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, who did you think you were caving into? The Catholics who probably aren't I need going... to know the Catholic <clears throat> population of sure. fucking L.A. Go for it. So anyway, it's the right decision. I'm glad the Dodgers finally did the right thing. But because they caved and then had to re- uh, back... Oh, whatever the word I'm looking for is. Retreat. Backtrack? Thank you. Um... It allows the conservative outrage machine to just get mad again. So the Catholic League and Bill Donahue, hmm. they are now trying to launch a boycott of the team that night anyway, as if it'll matter. But they've sent out press releases like every day for the past couple of weeks trying to capitalize on the attention, mm-hmm. saying like, here's why the Dodgers are evil. Here's why uh, Americans are anti-Catholic and it's wrong. Mike Pence, who just announced that oh, he's going to lose for president, yeah. said... The Dodgers should be apologizing to Catholics across America. Can I just read something really quick Uh for you? Because I did learn something interesting that actually almost a third of LA residents are Catholic. I'm just going to, which I should have realized because there's obviously a huge like Latin American population there, and that was just me being. um, But even if you said 
Even um, if you got some of those Catholics to boycott one game, guess right. what? It's not going to make a difference. Can I just make a quick, uh, quick little read, reedy here? Go for um, it. On July sixteenth, two thousand seven, Cardinal Roger Mahoney in the Archdiocese of, of L.A. Re- re- reached a record-breaking settlement with five hundred and eight alleged victims of sexual abuse by priests. The settlement was worth six hundred and sixty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, there's another one in 2014, 13 million. Yeah, Bill Donahue isn't mad about any of that. By the way, Clayton Kershaw, the star pitcher of the Dodgers, uh, one of the ways he tried to deal with the backlash against the Dodgers is saying, Hey guys, we're relaunching Christian Faith and Family Day, which is another thing the Dodgers have done. And a lot of teams do this sort of thing where they're just like, yeah, we're going to honor Christians because maybe it'll bring you to the stadium and we make money off of that. Which is fine. It's That's why they fine. do all of this shit. It's all to make money. Let's not pretend right. it's anything other than that. But none of this is like appeasing the people who are anti-trans, which is the right. point. You weren't going to appease them. Stop caving into them. Right. If I, the Dodgers just stuck to plan A instead of getting sidetracked truly. by bad actors who always want to claim Christian persecution, right. you would have been fine. I, ju- I want to... I don't know. I want to talk a little bit about rainbow capitalism, even though I know I am not a member of the LGBTQ plus community, um, so it's not necessarily my my place. Um, and I do see like a ton of sides about... Um, about how people feel very strongly about rainbow capitalism, which is correct. It is bullshit that like you're buying pride shit from Target. That's not like going Mother's to Day. queer people. Father's like, Day. yeah, exactly. That's just going to like John Target. Um, however, owner of Target. <laughs> however, when we are talking about capitalism and when we're talking about the court of public opinion, it is genuinely all about numbers. So if the, if these companies continue to roll out these quote-unquote rainbow capitalism campaigns, they don't call it that, we call it that, these rainbow campaigns, these pride campaigns that we're seeing more and more and more every single year, while there is some of it that's so fucking sinister I can barely stand it, I do think that the trend writ large is positive because truly I think it is going to come down to money talking and if... These people try to boycott and, oh, there's not really any significant dip in their sales. That is important and that is going to make it make motivate these companies to do more queer stuff, to do more stuff that is inclusive to other people who aren't straight skinny people. Um, So I don't know. I am of two minds. I'm obviously like a flaming anti-capitalist, but at the same time, like I I do think it is an interesting barometer. uh, Like the economy is an interesting barometer of sort of social uh, uh, justice trends. And I just think it's important to note that while rainbow capitalism is icky in many, many, many ways, the trend of it, I think, in my opinion, is largely uh, positive. Yeah. That's and the Dodgers should stop caving in. Just make your money and Jesus move on. Dodgers. Stop giving any uh, leeway to these haters. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, here's a transition for you. Richard Dawkins. It's been a while. Um, that's Rainbow Capitalism from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. So Richard Dawkins did an interview this week with one of those like, we're anti-woke websites, and he did an interview, and most of no. it is irrelevant. How come he hasn't shut up yet? Um, nah, no one's minding his Twitter anymore, I guess. But I he do. said there's one answer he gave where I'm like, most of the stuff I've heard, yeah, 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 you like J.K. Rowling, you think she's a hero. Fine, I've heard it from you, I get it. 
This one surprised me. This is the one that surprised me because they asked him about trans people because he said a lot of transphobic Uh things. So I'm going to read you what he says. I'm not going to do an impression because I don't do voices. So um, he said, wait for it. You can make, I'm going to read the whole thing. You can make a good religious case for the trans debate. I make an analogy with the Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation whereby the wine in the Aristotelian accidentals remains wine, don't ask me questions, remains wine, but in its true substance becomes blood. Similarly, the trans person, he has a penis, but that's a mere accidental, and in true substance, he's a woman. I mean, that's a perfect analogy to transubstantiation. It even begins with the same prefix. Okay. I'm going to translate that for it you because that was a lot of things. It starts with the same prefix? Yes. That, Dawkins, you're making okay. you're making an argument from grammar? Yeah, okay. So what he's saying is, in transubstantiation, all of us think a wafer is just a wafer, but tr- Catholics truly believe it is the blood of Christ, and it is transformed into uh, the body of Christ, rather, and they truly believe that. Trans people, he's saying, were born with one thing, but they truly believe they are another. And that's the comparison he's trying to make. Here's where, besides the fact... No, stop raising your hand. I'm not done yet. Okay. So the problem, besides just misunderstanding what trans people... What anything is? We know what... If he says... Trans people are a lot like this doctrine of transubstantiation. We know what Richard Dawkins thinks about transubstantiation. Oh, yeah. He thinks it's bullshit. Oh, yeah. That's what we're... So what is he doing saying, I have a perfect analogy. He is being a prick. He's he's saying this saying, I understand trans people and I am on their side. That's what he thinks he's doing in his mind. I don't believe that for a fucking second. I believe he is equating trans people with religious people. I think he's saying... Not at all all what he's saying. You know I'm not trying to defend him. He's saying what trans... I understand the thing. You asked me a question. Let me answer your question. He's not comparing them to religious people. He's saying what trans people believe about themselves is very similar to what Catholics believe about transubstantiation. I yeah, I know what he's trying to say there, but the meta what do you analogy think he's trying fails. To You're saying that's a pro-trans thing? I think in his mind he's saying they really believe they are something else. We've Oh, that's never been a disagreement of whether anybody really believes anything else. I do I mean, not th- I think he wait, was wait, being wait. a fucking prick. Why, why is he being a prick? Because he is equating trans people with Catholics. No, another he's not. group. He, yes, because he is saying Catholic people, yeah. when they take their, uh, not the body Icarus, of Christ. what's that? The body of Christ, the um, whatever. The wafer, the communion. The wafer. They are taking an inanimate object, believe something is they happening within that. This is the body of Christ. And they put it in their mouth. But Richard Dawkins sees that and says, Oh, sweetie, I know you really believe it, but we are all looking at you and saying yes. you're eating a water cracker. Right. I think he is saying the same thing about like, oh yeah, you you have a penis, but you think you're a woman. Okay, sweetie. Okay, yeah. You really believe it with all of That's... your heart. I think it is dripping with condescension. So Listen, I totally agree that that's the problem with the metaphor. I think in his mind, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here, he thinks that that's a fair analogy because trans people really do believe this, just like Catholics really believe transubstantiation. The problem is, the whole problem with that analogy... Neither population. Yes. And 
he know we know what he thinks about transubstantiation. It's all bullshit. And we know that what he has said about trans people is that, yeah, they might believe this, but we shouldn't take it seriously, which yeah. is the argument, like trying to say, oh, it's a gender binary or yeah. whatever. I don't know why he's still talking about this because he hasn't been good at it. Like, even if he thinks in his mind, I support trans rights. Well, everything you're saying, all the people you support are fighting it. That's the we're having very different arguments about what trans who trans people are, what they are saying, what we are fighting for. Like if he thinks he is an ally because he accepts that trans people believe something, no one's looking I I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. I'm, not, I'm just mad because every time he talks about trans people, he fucks it up. He even fucks worse. it up and I he makes I, things worse. I and don't know. He thinks he's an ally. I think he thinks he's an ally. What makes you think that? That is what I'm confused because about. Because he's what not he... fighting against trans rights per se. He's not saying, "Oh, trans people are mentally deluded," which is what conservatives Hasn't he say. Always said that constantly. No, no, no. no. He's always been he anti-trans. He's like J.K. Rowling saying, oh, I'm sure you believe this about yourself. I just don't think you should be allowed to go in the bathroom like this. I don't think you should be allowed to play sports like this. But that's very different. I'm not neglect. I'm not denying who you think you are. That's their argument, which is different from like the right wing Christian argument. But at the end of the day, it's all the same shit. It's all saying trans people aren't serious at some level or another. Yeah. So they shouldn't have whatever rights they believe they should have. Yeah, I think you gave him the benefit of the doubt when he did not <sighs> earn it. I don't know why he's still talking about it. It's very frustrating. I, it is very frustrating. That I don't know why well, his handlers don't stop Well, it's because this is the him. only thing conservatives have to talk about right now because everything else they do sucks and actively harms people. So what the fuck else? All they can do is tilt at windmills. All they can do is set up a fake boogeyman. The trans person is coming to get you. The woke mafia is going to cancel you out of mm -hmm. existence for like looking at a woman too long. And there was they, plenty of woke mafia stuff boogie, in the rest of that interview. And when they talk about shit like this, they just sound like knobheads. Fucking hate that guy. I don't know what he's I doing. I am so deeply and fundamentally disappointed in how Richard Dawkins has let me personally, as a person who thought he was important, like a great thinker. And I, like, this is why I don't trust men. There you go. With that, I have a good story for you. I don't a happy trust, story. Don't trust you. Okay. So in Louisiana, they're on the verge. The governor has not signed this yet, but it looks like it's going to happen. There is a soon-to-be law that mm -hmm. will require every public school classroom, not just mm. every school, every classroom, to put up a poster that says, in God we trust. So what state are we in? Louisiana. Oh, boy. It Which passed is unanimously in the legislature. This bills. Um, Louisiana, remind me, is like top five states in education. Uh, or if by top you mean bottom, I'm sure you're close. Mm, I do get those mixed uh -huh. up because I was educated in Louisiana. There you go. So again, Democrats no offense, voted. Louisiana. Democrats <laughs> voted for this bill. The governor of Louisiana is a Democrat. He's going to sign this bill. It's going to happen because it's Louisiana. There's three Did rules. You say a Democrat. Yeah, there are three rules Guys. in this bill. Three rules in this bill regarding the "In God We Trust" poster. Size of the poster has to be 11 by 14 inches. Exactly, or at least. At least. Thank you. The phrase, in God we trust, must be the, quote, central focus of the display. So you might have other stuff on it, but it's got to have so in God we trust. So we can't do the uh, dollar, dollar bill trick? Uh-huh. The phrase must be printed in a large, easily readable font. Okay, fine. So, like, basically, that's all the rules they have for this poster, and it wouldn't be hard to make that poster, per se. Now, here's where they screwed up, because Texas tried to do something just like this uh, last year, and the rules were so loose, 
that they were begging for creative interpretation. Which is, I assume, why they had these three inassailable rules, uh-huh. right? And at the time in Texas, uh, the atheist activist Chaz Stevens was up to the task because when he looked at the Texas law, he said, there's no rule that says it has to be written in English. Airbud rule applying to church-state separation. It's not just Christians who can be pedants. Uh We can do it, too. So he created In God We Trust posters written in Arabic and following (laughs) all the other rules of Texas. And by the way, he he said at the time, I followed their ridiculous law, both in spirit and intent. And he made a lot of these. And just to be clear, he wasn't trying to, like, make it worse for Muslims because that was one possible, like, you're using Islam in a way... To yeah, make this point, but I like the point. Maybe you could use like Egyptian hieroglyphs. Yeah. So he he heard it. He designed other posters in Vulcan, Hindi, Hebrew, and other languages too to make get, a point. Why did you say Vulcan first? That was in the and list. And why isn't it in Elvish? <laughs> this <laughs> it is might have been. I'm not saying he didn't. <laughs> but here's the thing: he sent these posters to various schools. But I, if they have their own posters already, they don't necessarily have to put his up. So I don't know that any of his posters are in the schools in Texas right now. But he did send them. And so know. they're out there. I don't know why this part really bugs me. But yeah. I wrote down the fact that it has to be at least 11 by 14. Mm-hmm which is such a fucking insidious size because it's not like an eight by 10 or like a legal pet. You have to go out and buy this shit if you want to print it off for yourself. Yes. This is bullshit. So at least he, let them tape two things so together. So when he heard about this Louisiana <laughs> law and he's like, oh, it looks like this is going to pass. Yeah. He decided to get on this one early. Yeah, boy. So he's already made the posters. This time, uh, he already started a fundraiser. If you want to chip in, he's going to make 16 by 20 inch, quote, double-sided, high-gloss metal prints of these posters. These metal are, prints? Can I have one? These are fancy. To, and he's going to send them to public schools across the state. He told me he plans to saturate the major metropolitan areas. And this time, in addition to Arabic, hmm. they will also be in Hindi, Klingon, Vulcan, Star Trek Pride. Um, Excuse me? Oh, yeah. Me? I didn't even what know that was a Star font. Trek Oh, I don't that's ha- the font? That's I a thought font. you were saying languages. If that's a language, then it's a language. But anyway, he's making them yeah. in all sorts of things because it, it doesn't Trek, say. Comma, like Star Trek is language and then pride is a language? No grammar, no punctuation <laughs> in between. By the way, he also made other signs where it says, in God we trust, in regular standard English. Uh, but, but behind the scenes, you could see the outline of Satan. You could see a pentagram. Because in God we trust is still in focus. And that's front and center. Ooh, that's very Uh, He also showed me, I'm not at liberty to tell you what he showed me, but there is a plan B if this doesn't fail either. Can I see it when we're Uh, off the air? I'll try to show you later. But the point is, he's followed all the rules. He spoke with lawyers and they're like, yeah, you are following the law here. And he's doing a fundraiser right now to raise money to print off enough of these fancy boasters that he Mm. plans to send to all these schools. Now, to be clear, none of the schools have to put up these posters in the classrooms, especially if they have other donated signs to choose from. specific signs up in the classrooms, Uh I see. Okay. But if you're a teacher or an administrator that wants to push the boundaries in a legal way, or if you're a school that's just like, if you send us posters, we'll fuck it. Yeah, we'll put them up. Uh, These are golden. Um, And he did tell me, I did like, he defended this form of activism either way. Because I'm like, is this petty or is this funny? Like, which is it here? Two things can be true. And he says, 
I don't expect many wins, if any. Rather, we are on our 40-yard line, and my job is to move the ball to the opposite 40. That's my playing field, and I will do that by making stupid seriously stupider. This is a goddamn inane law with the sole purpose of slowly installing a theocracy in our public space. Pardon my French, but fuck that, not on my watch. We ain't falling for it, Louisiana. Nice work. Do you need me to explain that sports metaphor to um, you, or do yes, you think you in can? in the game of sports ball, uh-huh. um, you move it to the 40s, uh-huh. and there are two of them. Uh-huh. So anyway, you could pitch in <laughs> to the fundraiser. We'll have a link for that That's as well. That's awesome. That's very um, fun. I think he's just waiting for the governor to sign the law before he starts sending these out. I would like to know where he is. Oh, he said he's doing a GoFundMe. He is doing is that. Is he like a metal worker? What is, is he just getting a good job on these I, metal signs? You know, he does a lot of stuff, but he just knows how to be a good troll, and I yeah, approve. Yeah, you know, it's such a good skill to have. I'm glad yes. I don't have it. He doesn't. I will say... I've known this guy for many years. Occasionally, he does some stunts that I'm like, this is a dumb idea. Don't do it. Mm. But sometimes he does shit like this, and I'm like, you bastards. <laughs> this is clever. You son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> uh, this is an interesting uh, survey that came out, a uh, study that came out. This is in the Washington Post. It's by their data columnist, David Byler. And basically, his argument is that if you look in 2008 among Republicans, and you broke down the Republican like base... Uh, 45% of Republicans attended church weekly or more, and only 30% of Republicans attended seldom or never. But if you look today, seldom or never churchgoers make up 42% of the Republican Party, while only 35% go weekly or more. So the biggest slice of the Republican pie are non-churchgoers, so the headline for his piece is non-churchgoers now rule the GOP. Interesting. And so here's the thing. His argument was like, this is, what does that mean for the Republican Party? Because if you know anything about the Republican Party, it's uh-huh. that they seem beholden to conservative Christians and certainly not people who are not religious in any way. Right. Um. So what does it actually mean that these numbers are getting flipped and people who don't go to church make up the Republican Party? Because don't make the mistake of thinking non-religious people are flocking to the Republican Party. Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, racism is not just uh, Christian. It can also (laughs) be any white person. But the fact is, I think, first of all, a lot of these people are probably still very religious. They just don't go to church anymore as much as they used to. And here's my speculation. I'm going to give you my theory on this, then feel free to chime in and tell me I'm wrong. Okay. The Republicans who used to enjoy church and went all the time, why did they do that? Because I think... Part of it is that it gave them cover to have these bigoted thoughts and have these ideas. But like when you do it in the name of Jesus, it sounds a little more respectable. You can in 2008, you could be against marriage equality, which is a bigoted thing to be. But if but you said, it was but it's from because I'm Christian. Christian. That seemed like a more respectable way to do it. And now it's like, you know what? I don't need church to hold these bigoted views because with Donald Trump and with the mega people who are out there right now. I can just be an asshole. I can do racist all by myself. And I don't need Jesus to cover my tracks for me here. And like, basically, why should I go to church every week and sit through all the Jesus bullshit when I can watch Newsmax or whoever's on Fox (laughs) News primetime serving up the same 
anti-gay, anti-abortion, mm-hmm. anti-social justice, anti-sex, well, anti-school, anti-science, anti-woke red meat without any of the boring parts. I don't have to go to church anymore. I can just sit home and watch whatever Tucker is saying on Twitter this week, and I'm good. I think you're 100% right, and I would like to add a, a second layer of speculation. that the way, I, I think you're 100% right. It's like they've always just been mostly bigoted and racist and all that shit, and just like needed an outlet where it was okay to say those things or have those thoughts. Um, But also, on top of that, I think that with church, there was also, in many churches, I have to presume, some, like, obligations and things you had to do that meant you were nice to people and give your money to our church go volunteer oh i didn't even think about that i was just thinking about like yeah between all like the uh anti-queer stuff there's also love thy neighbor which is Uh obviously uh not you know what i mean um big quote hands right so and i wonder if they were like i don't want any of this touchy-feely christian bullshit where they wouldn't have thought that but this Mm touchy-feely woke bullshit of be nice to people all i want to do is like be the leader of my own cult of one Mm -hmm. and now they can do that and that ties back to the duggar thing of like these dudes feel like they don't have control and they desperately want it and will do whatever they have to to get it I think people used to ask in 2016, like, why do so many white evangelicals who always claim to be pro-family values, why are they all supporting Donald Trump, a guy who doesn't care about family or values? This is whatever. You know this. But like thrice married man who had five kids with three wives. Probably killed one of his Moving on. A sexual (laughs) abuser, guy who brags about non-consensually grabbing women because he's a celebrity. And like to people like us. I don't think any of that was a surprise because none of those people, as we said, as we argued, none of those people ever cared about family values. They don't care about focusing on their families because they didn't support families if they were headed up by same-sex couples. They don't want to protect lives or children because they're not doing anything about gun violence. They don't want to make it cheaper or easier to get health care. They don't care about universal basic Mm -hmm. income or improving the social safety net. They never treated women with respect, much less equality. So, like, why why are you surprised that they're falling for Trump when they've been this way the whole time? And so, like, these people also didn't care when Trump, like, botched Bible verses during his first campaign or held up a Bible in front of church. Um, when Trump himself said, like, what should be the punishment for abortion? And he's like, well, we got to punish the women. So, yeah, got to punish they're them they're like, somehow. no, that's not what we believe. And they're like, yeah, well, all right. Um, so, like, and just think about this. Mike Pence announced his campaign for president this week. Mm. Trump brought him onto the ticket in 2016 as mm. a, basically a way to convince white evangelicals, you can trust me. Because whatever you think about me, you definitely like Mike Pence. He's right. one of your guys. But after Trump is like, yeah, I'll nominate whatever judges you want, Pence became dispensable. And even today, looking at the numbers for the Republican primary, Who he the has like fuck five, he wants to vote for Pence. Yes. Yeah, he has like five percent support heading into the primary, even though it's early in the campaign. But like this is a guy who is everything the Christian right ever dreamed of, and all of them are supporting Trump because Christianity doesn't matter to them. No. You have to say you're Christian, but you don't have to do anything with yeah. that. And, like, if Jesus ran for the Republican ticket, he would lose. He would lose worse than whatever. Oh, my God. A every... brown socialist? Are you out of your yeah. fucking mind? And he's not 35, so he couldn't run for president. <laughs> nice. Thank so, you. I'm actually very, very proud of that joke. Nice. <laughs> One of the things that was in the Washington Post piece, uh, he said, like, even though the non-churchgoers 
are the plurality of the GOP now. Mm. He, uh, Byler wrote, Golly, nine in wow. 10 Republicans believe in God. 87% say the Bible is either the literal or inspired word of God. But I'm saying, like, neither of those things has ever been synonymous with pursuing Jesus-like public policies. Or being a good person. Or being a good person. He, Byler also wrote, non-churchgoers played a central role in pulling the GOP toward Donald Trump and his brand of populism over the past six years. He says that 65% of non-churchgoers supported a border wall compared to only 49% of weekly churchgoers among hmm. Republicans. Can so I like non-church so non-churchgoers he said were taking the lead on that one. Sure. But when it comes to abortion, 42% of weekly churchgoers in Republican circles want to make it illegal, but only 13% of non-churchgoers agree. So it's like what is what's going on here? Are the non-churchgoers leading the crowd or are they following the crowd here? Um, here's my argument to that. And here's what he says. A new Republican Party might emerge thick with Christian symbolism, light on religious practice, mm. and ecumenical in its culture wars. This Republican Party would be less pious and polite, but it might be able to win more elections. That was he, what mm. he said. I don't disagree with that, but first, I don't think that's a new Republican Party. I think that's what they've always been. Yeah, I'm not sure what the distinction is. <laughs> yeah, they speak in Christianese. They don't actually care about salvation. Yeah, Jesus, or care about children. Jesus is their mascot and nothing more. Wow, mascot's right? a pretty like, heavy word, but Religion good. is a tool to consolidate political power. Mm -hmm. And the thing, I was like, what is it that these people have in common? What they have in common is that they come together and they delight in making other people suffer. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, what the two sides have in common. And that's it. And the thing is, pastors who disagree with all of this because they want to focus on Jesus and they don't like that their churches are turned into like pol uh, political tools, yeah. they are too afraid to speak out. Because mm -hmm. think about what would happen right now if they condemned Republican cruelty and spoke out against Republican policies, which that has nothing to do with the Johnson Amendment. No. But let's say they supported vaccines right. and embraced refugees, acknowledged our nation's inherent racism. They have said in interviews, this would alienate too many members of my congregation, which would affect That's their bottom line. so embarrassing. It would affect their bottom line and possibly their job security. But also, yeah, what does that say about your church that promoting those things would alienate your own members, like, you should get rid of those people. And the thing is, these pastors, they never taught their congregations how to separate fact from fiction, because religion. So, like, don't be surprised when the same people fall for a different lie. So it's, you're, I don't care if they're non-churchgoers, mm -hmm. they still come from the exact same place as the churchgoers, which is, we can make other people suffer, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. I no longer need a religious justification for that. It's just what I want. Mm -hmm. It's what the right-wing people tell me I like, and it makes me feel good putting other people down. I mean, it's such a, a fundamental lack of empathy that it's it, it's hard. This is something I have struggled, and I'm sh I know I've talked about on this show, of I care about people, and I think it's bad when people are suffering, whether that's physical suffering or emotional suffering or political suffering. And I don't want people to be uncomfortable or unhappy or, or miserable. If somebody fundamentally disagrees with everything I believe in, I still think that person deserves a roof in their head and food in their stomach every day. A roof That's over their head, not in their you're head. A crazy commie. I, I, I just do not understand how this sort of Christianity love thy neighbor thing has just swapped place with this like 
ultra independent, like, again, back to the Duggar thing of like each father is the leader of his own tiny cult. And, and I care about mine and go fuck yourself. And I will tell you, people in my family have told me as much of like, you worry about your shit. And if you're okay, shit's okay. And I don't understand how people can just walk around in the world and be like, well, I'm going to make my mortgage this month. So, so I can't great. think of any problems in the world that require my attention. And if you want a job in public service, Jesus. like a legislator, then what are you doing? Your literal job is to work yeah. to help other people. They are trying to prove to us that government doesn't work by, <laughs> by fucking up government. government. Yeah, by being the people who are the reason it doesn't people. work. They're absolute monsters and they're responsible for so many deaths every fucking year. And someday we're all going to have to reckon with how many people lost their lives because Republicans like power. Happy Pride Month. Happy um, Pride. Hey, let's go to Utah for a quick second because uh, this is just amusing. We talked about this a few months ago when they were passing their book banning bill. Um, their specific uh, bill in their legislature said uh, it paved the way to ban school books that contain pornographic or indecent content and then they never defined any of it, which is why Right-wing groups are like, oh, this has two gay parents, so it's pornographic and indecent. It makes but, me so fucking but mad. The Do thing the work. We, the thing we talked about months ago is that one parent who remained anonymous uh, decided to go after the Bible because a parent submitted a formal request in December trying to get the Bible banned from Davis High School in Kaysville, Ooh. and a newspaper, the Salt Lake Tribune, got a copy of the letter via a public records request, and while the submitter's name was redacted, yeah. what it said in the thing is, uh, this book has incest, onanism, bestiality, prostitution, genital mutilation. What was the second word you said? Onanism. What's that? And masturbation, in a sense. Oh, really? Fellatio, dildos, rape, and even infanticide. Mm. You will no doubt find that the Slavery. Bible, under Utah law, has no serious values for minors because it's pornographic by our new definition. And in addition to all so of that, good. there was like a eight-page list of specific verses to justify the request. I was, it was wondering. Great. It was great. And finally, this person wrote... And were they the extra egregious ones, or were they just, like, the general, like, this guy fucked this person? Eight pages Whoa. probably doesn't get Ran into the everything. Okay. That, that's not enough. Sure. The parent also said, I thank the Utah legislature and Utah Parents United for making this bad faith process so much easier and way more efficient. <laughs> now we can all ban books, and you don't even need to read them or be accurate about it. Heck, you don't even need to see the book. So was it trolling? Yeah, yeah, it was, but it was so super, it was superficially was it no an actual different. parent? It was an actual parent, nice I think. Nice work. Anyway, that happened months ago, okay. and it's like, I wonder what they're going to do with this. And guess what? It worked, because this week, the school district for that high school uh -huh. said, uh, yeah, we're going to remove all KJV Bibles, King <gasps> James Version Bibles, because that's the one this parent specifically called out, uh -huh. we're going to remove all KJV Bibles from elementary and middle schools in the district. No. Uh-huh. To be safe, basically. Um, and basically, it was removed from the shelves of like seven to eight schools because they said it contains vulgarity and violence. That's true. Now, other translations are allowed to remain up. They said... Uh, we're going to assign the Bible to a new committee we've just formed to review the Bible. 
Um, because what there were people hire that, me for this job. The committee that reviewed it the first time said it does not meet the requirements to violate the state law, but, but. Uh, it should still be limited to only high school age students. Okay. And now that decision is being appealed by another parent and that appeal will be decided by a new committee. It's hilarious. Oh my God. I'm dying to, I mean, there must've been a Bible in like my high school, right? The funniest like, thing, the Republican lawmaker who wrote the book banning law uh-huh. at first, he was like, this is a mockery of the law. This is uh-huh. horrible. But now he's like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess it should be banned if it has that stuff. Cause on principle I was right. And she said, traditionally in America, uh, the Bible is best taught and best understood in the home and around the hearth as a family. Like, oh he's trying to defend God. the book ban because uh, even he's realizing his bill was dumb enough to cover the Bible. Oh, it's so embarrassing Which is for hilarious because I think the thing conservatives need to know about any book ban is that any reason you cite to ban any other book, the Bible's always going to contain something that is so much worse. I mean, truly, <laughs> like, it's the other side of the sword of, like, any topic. There's a Bible verse that kind yeah. of relates to it, but, like, anything you want to ban, they fucking did that. And the yeah. Bible, are you out of your mind? The of course Simpsons they did. The did it first. Um, by the way, a on- bear ate a bunch of kids for some reason. <laughs> Got a verse for that. Yep. On last, <laughs> last week, by the way, after this happened, another parent called for the removal of the Book of Mormon because it's Utah. Whoa, yep. and now that's the school, tricky. School district says we're going to form another committee to deal with the Book of Mormon. <laughs> <gasps> wow. Oh, it's great. That's so fun. I, I mean, it. and the fact is, if any of the passages that are in these religious books were written in a young adult novel that had a gay kid in it, Republicans would want to ban those. Oh, they would too. lose their goddamn minds about it. But it's great. Interesting. So another work of fiction is off the shelves. Wow, that is. That's wild stuff. I can't believe they actually pulled it. Mm-hmm. That's insanity. I, I've never seen a bluff called so like so wonderfully. Oh, it's glorious. Like, yeah, you're right. This is a bad book. Got us. Wow. I got one last story for you. This oh, one is quick. No, I. you know why? I want to get to this. I would save it, except we're not going to meet again for like two weeks. So I want to get this in. Last week in Minnesota, where they have a very Oh, I was in Minnesota last week. Thank you. Very small Democratic trifecta. Like, the Mm -hmm. margins that they are winning by, they have, a like, one seat win in the Senate, one seat win in the House, and a Democratic governor, and they are passing the most progressive policies Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. It's great. And in their $72 billion two-year budget that was signed into law last week, one of the provisions regarded something called the PSEO, a PSEO program. (laughs) Sorry, I had to do it because here's what it is. It's the Post-Secondary Enrollment Options Act. It's the PSEO program. It's not PESO? No, but here's what it does. It lets high school students take college-level classes. AP classes? Not AP classes, different. College-level classes taught by college professors, and they get credit for them. The AP does something similar, but it kind of applies everywhere. This is saying if there's a Minnesota college that wants to offer their classes to high school students, we'll let you do it. And the students who take these classes, they get their tuition, books, and fees basically covered by the state. Must be nice. Fantastic. And then they can hopefully get college credit for it. Mm. And they have to meet the admission standards of the colleges offering the courses. Mm -hmm. But if they pass the class and get a good grade, it counts. Mm. Um, And just to be clear, like one student that was quoted in a recent uh, newspaper article about it said he earned 80, 80 
PSEO credits and save $20,000 because he didn't have to take those classes in college. So his college degree cost him very little. So Mm. for anyone taking advantage of this program, super powerful. Mm. And just to give you some numbers, in 2020 alone, 10,400 plus students took over 170,000 credits of classes through this program, and the state paid out over $36 million in reimbursements to the colleges and universities participating in the program. So it's like a win-win for everybody. The colleges like it. The students love it. Why are Christians mad about it? Well, here's the change that was made in the budget that was just passed. The new provision says any colleges that are participating in this program, you cannot force high school students to sign a statement of religious faith as a requirement for your admission policy. So you can't say, like, do you believe marriage must be between a man and a woman when you're taking, like, let's say... you're like, I'm 16, I don't know. When you're taking, like, an algebra... I don't know how Romeo and Juliet ends yet. (laughs) When you're taking, like, a college algebra class Mm. offered by this school or whatever it is, like, a statement of faith should not matter. A Christian school can still participate in the program. They can be reimbursed. You just cannot strong arm anybody into signing something that says, I will save myself from marriage or whatever bullshit. Okay. So that's Which it. seems pretty reasonable, Hemet. Right? Right. I think it's okay that I shouldn't have to fill out a fucking statement for online courses. The law also says now that religious schools cannot reject a participating high school student because that student is gay or trans or an atheist. Basically, all the non-discrimination protected groups, all the protected classes... Like you can say, and you can boom say, goes the dynamite. You, we found the problem. Any school can say, no, we're not allowing this student to take our class because they don't have the prerequisites. Right. That's totally fine and legal. Yeah. You can't say, well, this student is gay and not ashamed of it, or trans, and we don't believe that's. Or an this identity. woman has a strong jaw, and it makes me <laughs> suspicious of her. Right. Get out. So keep in mind this budget, this part of the budget. This is not an attack on religious institutions. Uh It's basically a way to safeguard the state from handing over taxpayer dollars to schools that are imposing their religious beliefs on high school students. Sounds like somebody really thought this through. Yeah. The PSEO program does not allow any courses, by the way, that are sectarian in nature. Okay. Even if religious schools can offer like Bible as literature courses, that's all fine. So... This week now, now that the bill has passed, the law. So this there's is no. I want to be clear. There's no limit to the colleges that you can use for this program in Minnesota. Right. All so you can go to a Christian school. They just can't say sign this Christian to, say, schools, to pledge your virginity to Jesus. Christian schools can offer classes in the Bible. They can offer regular math classes or history classes. All that's fine. Uh-huh. But the law just basically specified you cannot force them to follow your religious guidelines if they want to take this class in high school. I am And you can't shocked. dismiss them from taking the class because they don't participate in it. That's basically it. Now, two Christian schools this week have sued the state over really? the change. Basically, they say in the lawsuit that the new provision is unconstitutional. This is the University of Northwestern St. Paul and another school called Crown College. And basically, their law, their, their lawsuit says the statement simply asks students to affirm the school's religious beliefs for the purpose of upholding their Christian communities. Minnesota's sudden change to the law hurts students who want to attend schools that uphold their religious values. Wait, can you read that first part again? Basically, they're just saying the, the, the law, the provision that's in there. They're saying that this thing is to make sure that our... The reason we have a statement of faith. Is to make sure that Christians are Christians? 
is to affirm we have religious beliefs in our schools. To make sure only Christians school. are allowed in this campus? Yeah, we want to affirm yeah. our school's Christian community, even though they're taking these classes virtually, by and large. Sounds um, like this is an unserious argument. But I'll give you an example. The Crown College, their statement of faith bans all sexual relations outside the bounds of marriage between a man and a woman. Perfect. So their if you're business. openly gay, if you're trans, like you couldn't take any of the classes they offer, even mm. if they're offering college credit for yeah. it. Yeah, I recently reconnected school, with an old professor, and she was like... Have you gotten married yet? Because it's still very much her business <laughs> about who her students are fucking. That's great. The University of Northwestern St. Paul has an even more straightforward statement of faith. Marriage uh. is between one man and a woman. Uh, stuff like that. But by the way, these schools are offering classes like beginning Chinese one. <laughs> and that's fine. And that's fine. And if you're Chinese taking... Chinese for Christians. Yeah. And if you're taking that class, though, mm. the colleges say, no, these high schools... Students need to say they oppose marriage equality. That's what the state says. No, we're not playing that game. You can offer the class. We'll give you money for teaching that class and more power to the students who take it and pass the class. But we are not giving you money if you're going to impose religious views. But how can we teach students Chinese if they are also having sex 400 miles away from us? uh Uh-huh. The lawsuit, uh, the Christian right group... uh, I shouldn't say that. The right-wing legal group Beckett, which uh, supports a lot of Christian right groups, Mm. they are the ones defending the colleges. And they're basically saying, listen, when you all debated this bill, members of the committee clearly stated clearly their intent to exclude religious schools from receiving public dollars. Except I listened to the actual debate over this bill. Didn't sound like. And they did not because religious schools are still eligible to participate. No one pushed them out. In fact, there are several faith-based colleges in Minnesota that are not suing over the budget. What? Why? Because they don't mature? discriminate against students who don't fall in lockstep. Oh, I just thought beliefs. they were adults. There are literally two schools that have an anti-gay statement of faith, and it's the two that are now suing the state. By the wow. way, look, check out this. These are headlines about this lawsuit that I saw in Christian or right-wing media outlets. Oh, yeah. How do they frame Listen, it? Listen, Minnesota dual enrollment program blocks Christian schools. Nope. That's from Christian Post. Christian headlines. Christian colleges sue Minnesota for banning religious schools from state program. Not no, true. they did not. Washington Examiner, or just a right-wing news yeah. outlet. Christians sue Minnesota for excluding religious colleges from free enrollment program. No, none of those are right. They are not excluding religious colleges. Hey, guys, if you feel like you continuously have to lie to make a point that you believe in, Maybe revisit why you believe right? in that point if you can't think of a single they are not real banning, example. They are not banning religious schools. They're not blocking Christian schools. They are blocking schools that require students to sign a discriminatory statement of faith. I should say, one thing that made me really happy about this, um, the, in Minnesota, there is a secular government caucus. Really? There, yeah, oh, we, we talked, talked about, about it. Them. They exist. There's four lawmakers, two representatives, two senators, mm-hmm. Um, and so far, I haven't seen them do much, be- probably because they had a lot to do trying to pass all these bills. But they released a statement basically saying, defending the uh, budget, saying this is uh, from Mike uh, Freiberg, Athena Hollins, Jen McEwen, and John Marty. These are the lawmakers. They said the state is not restricting these schools from practicing their religious beliefs in any manner. It is merely prohibiting them from using state PSEO dollars to exclude high school students based on whatever. Most of the religiously affiliated colleges have not excluded PSEO students, and they are not involved in this lawsuit. 
They recognize that the public funding requires them to treat students equally. Religious freedom guarantees all people the right to believe and practice any faith or none at all, and institutions participating in this program must abide by that. Mm. So, like, right on. The state is right about this. The state did the right thing. These Christian schools are whining because they can't be bigots. Other Christian schools are like, yeah, we're fine with this because we don't discriminate. So why would we care? Like, it's... It's just so funny to me that they're like, well, there's a certain group of people we don't want a part of our community. And then the government is like, well, then you shouldn't be then part you don't of get our... The dis- you don't get you don't the reward. Get this. <gasps> yeah. But I, I am a Christian. Therefore, I think I should do be able to do whatever <laughs> I want to do don't and still get pri- like privileges over other people. God, fuck these people. Aren't you we'll exhausted? See. I'm so exhausted. It's how much my money, job not to be exhausted. How much money do you think has been wasted in these dumb, pointless, nonsense lawsuits that are obviously only so somebody can run on, I stood up for Christian rights against the evil state of Minnesota. Like, yeah. I, I mean, more than enough to do a lot of good things with I it that none of these people care about. I just think about that all the time. Like, we spend so much time. I, the reason I'm thinking of this is I was listening to a podcast that was about somebody got sued for, like, wasting police time. Mm-hmm. And there was just conversation about, like, is that theft or whatever. And now that's, like, all I can think <laughs> of is, like, you guys are filing these deeply unserious lawsuits. Like, you know this isn't anti-Christian. You know this is just you cannot ban gay people because it's fucking 2023. Gay people who want to support same-sex marriage. Yeah. I mean, anybody... And trans people because the Christian schools don't believe they exist. It's just nonsense. I hate it. It's a lot like communion wafers. Anyway, Uh, what are we talking about in the bonus? um, All I wrote down is a weird celebrity encounter that I had in Minnesota that is really quite funny and involves um, Sean Gunn. Okay. Do you know who Sean Gunn is? From Gilmore Girls. Okay, that's why is that I know my him. reference. Uh, that's why I know him too. I think he was in a bunch of Marvel stuff, but his brother yeah, never seen it. <laughs> that's fair, honestly. I, I respect that choice. Yeah. Um, that's that, and then I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about my my trip. Probably. All right. um, where can we find you? You on can the find intranet? me at uh, Hemant Meta on Twitter. You can email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. If you like this show, go to patreon dot com slash friendlyatheistpodcast. We're gone next week. I'm posting an interview I conducted that I think you will enjoy. We'll be back the week after. Where do we find you? Uh, you can always find me on Twitter. At uh, Jess Blimke. I'm trying to find a new review, but we don't have any new reviews. Oh, people, get on that. Leave us a review. Have I done the thing about um, committed, profoundly committed to social justice? Yes. Yeah, I think so. How about it's unhappy at best? One star, looking for a fresh podcast. I thought to check this one out. Sadly, the vile antagonism and false rhetoric <laughs> and is, an, is an affront to atheism. Yes. It should be tile, titled... The sadistic, unsubstantiated atheist. Listen, it's hard to make a logo that fits all of that, that'll fit on your phone. I mean, we are due for a rebranding because we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary of this podcast. So we really have to start thinking about, like, you know, a fresh new look for a fresh new decade of us yelling into microphones. (laughs) What is this job we have? Okay. All right. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye, everyone. Listen to the interview next week. You'll like it. Don't. Do it. (laughs) This is why we get one-star reviews. (laughs) 